0: Pardon me, Alex. SFA's only Lumberjack basketball podcast coming to you live from East Texas for the last time for the 2021-2022 season. Last season, basketball season podcast. Wild. I honestly feel like it just started. I mean, it, it went by really quickly. Maybe that's just because there was just so much going on, but I feel like it did go by so fast.
1: No, I agree. I feel like it. I feel like it went by way fast this time too. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, crazy season, roller coaster of a season. I, uh, there was so many ups, of course, some downs of as per normal. Um, a very, very roller coaster ride ish for me and uh, and for you as well. Just so, so much going on, good, bad, everything in between, and. I'm just excited to kind of talk about it and and get through it and and really kind of dive into the stats and see how we did this season overall. Because, you know, it's one thing going through it like game by game and talking about it game to game, but then looking back throughout the whole season and seeing, you know, who improved, who kind of stayed the same, the newcomers, all, all all of that. So it's just it'll be interesting to see and look at the stats and then, of course, talk about our our personal awards. Yeah, my favorite part, because some of exactly. them
1: aren't necessarily basketball
0: related, so it's just kind of fun. Right, and I feel like it's funny, too, when we get to that part, you'll see that I, I for the almost all of them, there's a, a few, obviously, that are different, but almost all of them are going to be the same for Jacqueline and I. Like, we're very, you know, uh, on par with each other when it comes to opinions about season best and worst and some of the players and their position roles, so Uh, I I always think that's pretty funny, too. I was literally filling those in. I was like, Jacqueline, we agreed on pretty much almost all of these. You know, spot on. Spot on. (laughs) Gotta love it. All right. Let's get going. Mm -hmm. Woo! All right. Don't mind me. I'm just having a pre-dinner snack.
1: No, you're good. I'll I'll uh, we'll st- I can start off with the cumulative season overview while you snack. Absolutely, get her done. All right. So uh, first, just kind of touching on the the overall um, results. You know, as far as our season wins and losses. So our our ending was twenty two and ten overall. Um, so kind of here at the beginning, Alex put in this section. Our net was one seventeen. So, our preseason predictions. um, Well, I guess, first of all, last season we ended at 142 in the NCAA net rankings. Uh, Mm -hmm. But here's our preseason. Alex was going with 26 and 5, and I guess 24 and 7. So,
0: we both overshot just a little. We did, just a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, Again, I I, when we looked at the, I feel like when we, I'm trying to remember back to our first initial conversation about the schedule. Looking back, I was like, you know, normally I would say, oh man, we're gonna, you know, have a 30 win season, or you know what I mean, like we're gonna be great normally when we're in the Southland. But then looking at the new season, new schedule, new teams, I was like, oof, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that was a hard call to make. Um, It really was. Yeah. So here's kind of the breakdown of our. and just to kind of preface, because the way they divide it up on our um, results page, it's kind of misleading because they have overall and then conference. So you would think what doesn't fall under conference is all non-conference. But really, the conference section is only the regular season conference. Hmm. So, like, for example, our conference tournament games. Don't fall under the conference wins and losses they put there. So anyway, so whenever I go over the non-conference section, one of them will be our, our conference tournament game. But anyway, okay. okay. Um, we were eight and six in our non-conference games or just non-regular season games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our wins were to LSU Alexandria, Mary Harden Baylor, Middle Tennessee, Buffalo, Northwestern State, Lincoln, Wiley College, and Liberty like we always say, um, you know, our preseason games are a really vast, uh, wide mix of D2 and D3 schools that we just have to put on there to have someone to play. Um, and then a few of the bigger schools that we we convinced to play us. So there, there's going to be a wide span there. Um, our L's were to South Dakota State, St. Louis, Louisiana, Monroe, her usual, unfortunately,
0: yeah, every
1: time. Kansas, um, Abilene Christian, which of course, like I said, is in our conference, but that that wasn't in the regular season; that was in the conference tournament. Um, and then UNC Asheville, which was our loss in the um, CBI. Uh, then we have fourteen and four for our conference regular season standings results. Our uh, wins. Were we beat Abilene Christian twice in the regular season, UTRGV twice, Lamar twice, Chicago State twice, Grand Canyon once, California Baptist once, Utah Valley once, Dixie State once, Sam Houston once, New Mexico State once. Uh, then we lost to our four losses were to Charlton State. We only played them once.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Houston, we split that one uh lost there, one at home, New Mexico State. We split. We lost them at home and one there on the road. And then we lost to
0: Seattle U, which we only played them one time. Um yeah. So just looking back at and just rehearing all of that again, man, it, God bless. You know, there's there's a obviously there's a lot of losses that I would love to have back. Um or at least like Try again, especially with the team that we had coming into the last half of the season where we were on that 10 and 0 run, you know, because it was a completely different team than what it was in the very beginning of the season. And so, like, the, you know, like our loss to South Dakota State, man, I would have loved to try our hand at them again with the team that we had towards the end of the season. Instead of the team at the beginning of the season, God, I would have loved to have, you know, that chance again. Um, love to have, you know, to play maybe Seattle again, try to try to play them again with the team that we had. Cause again, that's another game that I, that I think we both thought that was totally winnable. Yeah. We and, and only played them the one time, which sucked. Exactly. They just
1: happened to be one of the teams that we only got one shot at and we lost. So that sucked.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And so some of those, do. I mean, obviously Louisiana Monroe, like, oh, Jesus God, I don't know something something's got to give with those games i don't know why 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 every time a we schedule those doofuses but every time we play them they just have our number and i just don't get it you know home away doesn't matter and so that's obviously another another win i would like to, or another loss i would like to try again at with the team we had at the end of the season but again what ifs and shoulda woulda couldas are going to be completely um just moved now over it's done you know, the fat lady has some, but yeah, those are a couple that I would definitely want to have back. Yeah. For a mulligan. Same. Yeah. Okay. So moving straight into our our kind of best and worst of the season, talking about a couple of different ones that are obviously basketball related and then a few that are not basketball related. Um, so season best and worst. So first off, talking about our seasons, best win and again these are all like our opinions so these are super like subjective what we thought was the best win best loss best this best that um this isn't necessarily down to like the statistics or if we you know won by a ton or won by like one you know this is just all what we think so um i love jacqueline's response because again we were very much same and same on a lot of these. I just, you know, I was trying to, after I filled, she filled hers in, I filled mine in. And I was trying to like put a little bit of, you know, differentiating things on there. So there mm-hmm. were more to talk about. But if some of these I couldn't because I'm like, I can't. Like it's spot on. So for this one, for best win, I put, yeah, New Mexico State on the road. But better yet, that 10 and 0 win streak that got us tied for first was our best win, I would say, for the whole season. But Jacqueline's was spot on as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, for mine, and again, like Alex said, th- this is completely subjective. It is simply our opinion of what we enjoy the most personally. Um right, yeah, exactly. So for me, I said number one, Sam, at a win against Sam at home is always the best. Always. Absolutely. Especially since this season, uh, we lost to them so atrociously there, and they are not going to be in our conference anymore going forward. To me, that was great because then at least we like evened it out. Um, however, close seconds for me were beating GCU at home just because I felt like that was the one game going into. We were really like, oh, my God, they're going to be really, really tough. This is right. Be a struggle. Mm-hmm. And we won. Um, and then New Mexico State on the road was really nice for me because. They, you know, it was, it was a very upsetting loss whenever they beat us at home. Um, so it was nice to settle the score on that one. So the, those two were close seconds for me.
0: Yeah. I absolutely agreed with the GCU one. Uh, yeah. I, again, I remember having conversations in the beginning of the season where we're looking at the schedule saying, man, we're going to play GCU. And then almost like almost back to back play New Mexico. I was like, geez, that's like a one, two punch to the gut. And so um, Yeah, that New Mexico loss at home, from what I can remember of it, because, like, I've said multiple times on the podcast that I'm pretty sure I blacked out a few times during that game. Um, Not because I was sick, but because I drank way too many Purple Lights. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) And possibly a whole bottle of wine prior to the Purple Lights. I'm just going to throw that. Maybe. Um, so So, anyway, yeah, I... And plus, I I will say, and this is another reason why I said the New Mexico State game on the road, because it was so bittersweet because all the New Mexico, I'm not going to say all the New Mexico State fans, because some of them are really great and amazing and super nice. The ones that we've, you know, talked with online. But there's just a few that I just would love to meet face to face and just go at it because, it was so bittersweet to have them just eat their effing words, and because they were just talking so much mad shit about how we were gonna come into their their house and just we were they were gonna kick our ass and like they did the first time and all this shit and then oh my god we played like well, like our freaking asses were on fire and beat them in their home and it was just like ha so ha. yeah they're always nice um. exactly. So then
1: we have the worst loss. So, okay, the, the the first one was Sam Houston. There, absolutely, just because number one, they are our biggest rival, and this is the last year they're in our conference. But that's literally also the worst we have looked in a game ever. Like on our own, we just looked like absolute shit. Um, you know, like we we had a, a junior high B team score at halftime of twelve points. Oh, it was
0: it was just it was honestly the most embarrassed I've ever felt as so, a project. Yeah. So that's that
1: one was completely atrocious. However, I am gonna say a close second for me was the Charlton game because oh, mm. just personally for me that that one that one stung because it was like I, I we we had every opportunity of beating them, should have beat them. We were better than them, not not taking anything away from them. They were they were a tough team, but I I felt like we could have beat them absolutely um, I'll, I'll get to more details on that one later because it, it made one of the game high lists on a on a stat that's not helpful so I'll we'll cover <laughs> that when we get to it but um but you know also I took my whole family and that's right. The, we've all been in an SFA game together in 15 years maybe so it just sucked
0: um yeah so I feel that like that one's definitely close
1: second for me
0: yeah I feel like that one's definitely more personal for you you know because you like you said your entire family was with you and you're right we absolutely should have won that game and, and and you know it's not even the fact that we yeah okay we lost but it was just the game itself and how badly we were looking oh yeah I yeah I I totally get that I will also add on to on to mine because I agree with you for the Sam Houston one I said that was a disgusting game I was embarrassed that was probably the worst loss I've ever seen us have in the Let's see how long have I been an SFA fan since 2007 when I first started coming here. So since then, worst loss I've ever seen or can remember at least um, to to a rival like that. Uh, I will say, though, this season, the loss, the worst loss that, that I would like to get back for sure was definitely that other, that New Mexico loss. I, I, it was just, we just didn't look good. At all that game either from again what I can remember from at least the first half it was just not a good game. Um, the other one I would probably throw on there is maybe like a third would be that ACU game in the in the twenty.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought of that one too because I mean obviously that's the one that had the biggest implications of losing because then we yeah. we're done. Um, right. I guess I just wasn't it, overall big picture. Yes, that one that one had to be the worst yeah. because it, it ended our run. Right. Ever, just looking at it as a one get one off game, it wasn't as bad because it wasn't fully unexpected because they are such a team, and we have beat them the other two times fairly, fairly. So realistically, I did have concerns that we wouldn't be able to pull it out of there. Oh yeah, and I know you did too. So I guess it just didn't hurt as badly.
0: It, it didn't. That's why I kind of didn't really mention that one until like, you know, just kind of passing. You know, if I went how to throw a third place, you know, bronze medal trophy in there, it would probably be that one just just for throwing it in there. Um, you, you
1: made a good point on the New Mexico loss, too, because uh, I think for me also, it was like we just looked so dang good. in that GCU win literally like
0: three days before. Exactly not looking like dog shit. And I'm like, what happened? What happened from literally Thursday or it was either Wednesday or Thursday when we played and, then, and Saturday. So exactly. Yeah. It was like yeah. what happened from Thursday to Saturday that we go from looking like, you know, absolute just tops, just good shit. And then dog shit. Like what, what transpired over that short like 48 hour period. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's why it was super mind boggling to me. Like we both went into that game, you know, with, with realistic expectations, we knew how good New Mexico was, but then again, we just saw our team kick GCU's absolute ax up and down the floor. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? We have a shot. And then the game started and I was like, no, we don't, you know, it was like, just, Oh, it just wasn't good. Um, Okay. So moving on to best road trip, just overall, you kind of, encompassing all things into said road trip. Um, And again, Jacqueline and I were spot on on this. We both agreed. Obviously we really enjoyed Vegas, had a great time. It, It could have been better in a couple instances in a couple ways. So that's why we said Kansas as our favorite road trip. All around Kansas trip was just an absolute ball. We had, even though it was just a weekend, it was an absolute time for that weekend that we were, it, I mean, we went, uh, felt nonstop from, from go from start to finish. And we just had a, a great time. And like I said, we enjoyed Vegas a lot. Six days is too many days in Vegas. First of all, a, too many. you know, and I feel like here's the thing. And we've talked about this after our Vegas podcast. If, if, if Uber Andy would have stayed the entire time while we were in Vegas, I feel like our Vegas trip would have been completely different story um, not saying it would have been way better than Kansas. I don't know. We don't know. It could have been. Maybe I don't know because it didn't happen like that. But
1: yeah. and it was. They were they were just different. And yeah. I mean, they they
0: were just two different, different things. Stuff,
1: yeah. But I have several reasons why Kansas was the number one for me. First of all, that that has been a bucket list trip for me forever. Oh, like absolutely. As much as was going to a Duke home game. Um. Mm-hmm. So, like we talked about on that that podcast, wrapping it up, um, we didn't get the win like we did at Duke. However, we had a bigger group of people. So mm-hmm. there was, you know, just a huge group of us, more like camaraderie. We, we did literally everything together, this huge mm-hmm. group of us. Um, so it was so much fun. We had more time there than we did when we went to the Duke game because um, it wasn't, you know, uh, two days before Thanksgiving. Um, so we had a little more
0: Room to to work with. Um yeah, Duke, I feel like we literally got in Friday so late. We couldn't go or do anything on yeah. Friday night. So we woke up Saturday, had you know, breakfast, walked around a little bit, had lunch, and then had to go to the game. And then after the game was over, we again didn't really have anybody to hang out with necessarily. So right. we just went immediately back to our Airbnb and but also because our next flight the next morning was pretty early, wasn't it? Yeah. So we barely had time to do anything. And I just feel like the, the Kansas game, and we said this too, I, I
1: just feel like there was more collaboration on who all was there and where we were staying and stuff. And honestly, yeah. sure all, almost all of us stayed at the same hotel as the, um,
0: mm-hmm. as the
1: team, so it was very easy to... Do, do stuff together. And I mean, we just had really like our whole little group because it mm-hmm. was Alex and I, we had Corey, we had Matt Adkins, we had, uh, Andy and Thomas, we mm-hmm. had, um, Postons and Chuck Cox, uh, Cox and, you know, Chuck and, uh, Matt uh, and Matt uh Adkins. none of them got to, got to Davis do was there too. Yeah. Um, So we just had our whole group. Uh, And it was my birthday weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. That was fun. Mark off a big bucket list item and hang out with some really fun people and have lots of great food, Uh, lots of great drinks. Got to see all around the campus, got to do all the stuff. Yeah. Got to to meet uh, David's girlfriend, Maria, for the first time, hang out with her parents.
0: Davis, yeah, Dad, Bob. I mean, we just oh, we, we, made a, we made a lot of good connections and and started a lot of good relationships that weekend too. Because again, it was just such a small little group of us, and we all hung out with each other. And so I, that's again, that's another reason why I agree with the Kansas weekend being our favorite road trip or our favorite trip of the of the season. Um, and again, don't get me wrong, Vegas was great, but it was just something about Kansas. It just felt more. I don't know. It just, it, it felt more like how we normally do things rather than like, cause in Vegas, everything's like big, bright boom in your face. Like there's just so much going on. It's like overwhelming. And it's just, we don't even know what's up, what's down, what the fuck time it is, you know,
1: <laughs> just yeah. don't know.
0: And so, you know, that's why I always said six days is too much. Cause there's just too much. It's just, just, there's just too much going on. Um, But, yeah, Kansas was great, which, again, leads into the next one, which was food. And enjoyed every single bit. And, again, Jekyll and I agreed on this one, too. Enjoyed every single thing that we ate in Kansas. Um, Literally, Kansas is is so high up there in in good food, which she did with Lawrence. Lawrence had such good food. Well, and, you know, of course, when we stopped in Kansas City as well, but, like, i mean every place we went had good food good drinks all of it all of it but then that experience that we had in vegas food wise just because you don't get that kind of food anywhere i mean anywhere else anywhere else the food and dining experiences we had in vegas were just bar none i mean yeah, just- i said definitely the number one
1: like food experience we had uh in Vegas with, was the Wolfgang Puck's Bago restaurant at the Bellagio, um, but very very close second was the best buffet ever, the Wicked Spoon with Cosmo. Um, I dream have, about that buffet. I've told you that. I I with, uh, Andy and Nick. So that was that was good and that was fun. But yeah, everything and everything in Kansas was definitely amazing and close second. And I think that I can't remember what it was called now, but the restaurant that was in the old bank um, was like delicious.
0: Oh yeah, it, oh, yeah I I. I've been sitting here trying to think of it, but all I can think of is old bank where Bonnie and Clyde. I'd have to look back. I'd have know. to look back too. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I, wasn't it called the vault or something like that? I don't know. It like was the- it called the vault. It just, I mean, it had a vault in it. I don't know if it was called the vault. Yeah, I don't know. Is- you can look back, but like, you know, it, things like the the Mac and cheese at the Oread, delicious. But then also we had amazing Mac and cheese at um, the Wicked Spoon, it was so good as well so it's like i don't know it, it's it's hard to to compare the two because it's like one's a college town in lawrence kansas and one's las vegas nevada so it's kind of like yeah a, merchant merchant right. okay yeah okay yeah 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 all right mm-hmm. but anyways yeah okay But yeah, food was great. Food was great. Wicked Spoon, Spago, Kansas at Merchant. uh, The couple little breweries we went to, also delicious. I mean, yeah. So enjoyed all of those food experiences for sure. And then last one, best worst of the season, um, talking about the best home game atmosphere. And uh, Jacqueline and I agreed partly on it. Well, I mean, I agree with what she said. I'm not saying I don't. I just try to throw in some different ones just for, again, just for comparison's sake. Um, so I was saying that my opinion on the best home game atmosphere, it was hard. To, it was hard to... Kind of gauge this one. And I I said this because home games have to be better attended. Uh, There were just only maybe a few games this season where the actual home crowd made any sort of difference or a difference maker in the game. Because in the past, prior to COVID, our home crowds were the difference maker in the game. And that was like, you know, almost like the, you know, the 12th man in Aggies. It's like the sixth man off the bench for us at home games was the crowd and how loud we would get and rambunctious. And we're slowly but surely getting back there, hopefully. Um, but that's why it was hard for me to kind of nail down a perfect home game atmosphere because it really wasn't one specifically. But the, the GCUW, um, the ACUW, or the Utah Valley W, all kind of, in my opinion, were all really good. Decently home attended games. Um, crowd was again decent. A um, little bit of noise here and there, but there really wasn't one that particularly stood out to me, other than, if, you know, and of course the same Houston win, same thing. Um, that was just like, oh my God, crazy. I will say though, the New Mexico State game at our place was fun as well, just because of the Heckler Hayes reunion that's probably one that would also kind of go up there with me was as good home game experience, just because of all the ridiculousness that we got ourselves into at that home game, um, both in tailgate and during the game. And of course, post game, because, you know, we're just so controversial. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, but it yeah.
1: was a good atmosphere. I, I said either the win versus uh GCU or the win against Sam. Um, Cause both the, like, like I said, the GCU one, we weren't, we weren't necessarily expecting to win and it was mm-hmm. it was the grand coliseum game and I, I feel like we had a decent attendance um mm-hmm. and sam just because it's always it's always it's always Sam, yeah
0: yeah anytime we play sam either home or away it's always going to be decently attended Especially away, I always feel like, too, we always have a good contingent when we play them in Huntsville. But then, of course, when we play them here, I mean, there's there's people, there's alumni, there's there's people from all over that will come back just for the Sam Houston game um, because it's just it has this just allure and pull. So, um, yeah, obviously, when they're not in our conference anymore, that's going to be kind of a depressing moment for us just for the fact that it's always fun to play them at home. And so if I mean if we play them it'll be like a north uh northwestern situation where it'll be a non-con. Um yeah, still yeah. fun, still still fun, still Battle of Pawnee Woods, but it won't just have
1: the same Hopefully we can continue that. Because, yeah, I think I forgot to mention that when I was doing the non-conference games at the beginning. Like, it's just, it's so weird to read Northwestern in the non-conference
0: column. Uh, like, it's just strange. Yeah. But at least we got to play them. I'm happy we got to play them. Um, oh, for sure. And I'm glad that you and your mom got to go to that. I couldn't attend. But I'm glad that you and your mom got to go and, and still kind of have that fun experience going to Nakedish Because I, I do love the trip to Natchitoches. I think it's always, a, it's an easy trip. It's a fun day trip. And good food is always there as well. Um, so I yeah. do hope that we continue to play them as well. Non conference sidebar
1: on that. I hope I hope that it does continue next year because I don't know if you saw. I'm sure you did, but we just haven't discussed it yet. And I always say his name wrong. But my coach Mike over there retired. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: so they have a new coach. So I don't know. I don't know if he'll be hip to wanting to continue that. Board. you know
0: i i do i hope so i know coach keller and, and coach mike were really close and so yeah, yeah. so that's what i'm saying uh who knows if the new guy will want
1: to continue that i don't know
0: Hopefully. yeah i know that's a really really good point i i didn't even consider that in the implications of when he retired but hey congrats to him for retiring he's had a long career especially there i'm gonna miss his pants i was just about to say <laughs> whose pants gonna look at like I need to, We need to know, find out where he gets these pants. Because, I mean, if they got them in just purple and white. I hope the new coach will at least do crazy pants
1: like one game a season as an homage to him. He should. My
0: if he doesn't, that's it's just it's an opportunity. Just, I was going to say missed opportunity if he doesn't. Because, yeah, great homage to, to Coach McConathy. Oh, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> uh, going to miss that. Okay, so moving into what we know is obviously the Sean Kennedy stat section, but it's going to be an elongated stat, stat section, because we want to kind of run through all the different stats for the entire season. So things like averages, the team stats, leaders um, in different categories and stuff like that. Um, we'll talk about game highs with the team. We'll talk about game highs with individuals. Um And then we'll move on from there. So to to start off, one of the things we wanted to discuss was the averages. So um, where? Okay, I just clicked on it. So individually player averages. Um, So to start off with, obviously, one of the first stats you get is, is game plays, which we don't really need to. Talk about that unless we're going to be sitting here and, and comparing how someone has played in 32 games versus someone who played, you know, uh, 25 or, or 18 games, I guess, for example. So that would really be the only time it comes into consideration. Um, but so for the for the season average. Uh, did you want to go player by player or just stat by stat or does it matter?
1: Um, which one are you on? You're doing individual.
0: Yeah. Individual averages. Uh, hold on. Let me look at it and see how it's set up. It's just, it's player. And then it talks about minutes, field goal, three point, like their averages for the season.
1: Oh, whichever, whichever way you want to do it.
0: Okay. Well, then I guess we can go player by player. So first we have obviously gave up at the very top. Uh, so he played, Every single game of the season, as one expects from a starter, um, his average minutes were 31.3. He had a field goal percentage of 61%, three-point percentage of 20%, free throw percentage of 61%. Uh, his offensive rebounds per game average 2.7, his defensive 4.2, uh, his rebounds... So total uh, 6.8 and then the assists average 1.8 steel, These numbers are so tiny. I'm like trying to squint. Uh, steals averaging one per game blocks 0.5 per game and then point sixteen point six per game. Um, so, and I think that's probably the highest of the team. Yeah. Points wise 16.6 per game. Um, yeah, so
1: they, on that list, it's an order from most to least points.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, of course. Then we had Rati, but he only played ten, ten games this season, so it, it's not going to be a good comparison for him just because he only played ten. And I don't know if we've mentioned this. We probably have. But the rumor is, and, and the word on the street is that he is returning next season. So fingers crossed. Hope he. Go- hope he does. I want him to get another shot, a second shot at his senior season technically um Take which through. is all yeah, part, part part almost like part 3 right yeah yeah um which is also i guess another question i had which cuz i didn't i didn't know that after you play i thought it was after you play a certain amount of games like you're just that's it like you're no longer like your eligibility for that season's already done or no is that not how it works i guess
1: well i think it is he must have just not hit it's either a number of games or like um, a certain point of the season. I don't know, but obviously whatever the ruling is, it was early enough for him to do the, the, med, uh, the red shirt, the medical red shirt.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. That's why whenever that happened and he got hurt and he was down for the season, I'm like, Oh, that's it. Because yeah, he had already played multiple games. I'm like, well, shit, that's it. But then this happened and I was like, Oh, well maybe not. So cool. Rock on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then so I was gonna skip over poor Rati because, um, but it's just funny because he played 10 games and his average points were 11.3. Well, it's points per game, of right. game. Well, yeah, okay, so that yeah. one's not gonna change, no right? played this is true, you're you, yes, yeah. true, true, correct, okay, um. So then you had David 29.8 minutes average uh fill goal percentage 42, we'll say 43 kind of rounded up because it was 42. Uh 482. 428. I can't read. Uh three point percentage 29%, well just round that up to 30 might as well. And then uh free throw percentage was 31, offensive rebounds 0.3, defensive rebounds. This free throw percentage was 73%. See, I told you I couldn't read because these numbers are so tiny. 73. Yeah. (laughs) I can't read it. Um, 2.9 rebounds total uh, averaging. assist 3.8. 1.1 steals. And then no blocks. Poor David. I mean, obviously. And then 9.5 average points per game. Um, Then you have Day-Day. 19.7 minutes the 50 we'll just say 58 percent field goal um zero percent he took no uh three pointers which I could thought he did well he might have taken some his just made percentage was zero true okay yeah that's why I was like what zero uh then you have his free throw three free throw percentage was sixty eight we we'll just might say that sixty nine because it was six on there um And then offensive rebounds, 2.5, defensive rebounds, 2.8, rebounds, 5.3, assists, 1.6, steals, 1.2, blocks, 0.8, and points, 9.4. Uh, Calvin, minutes, 24.8, field goal percentage, 52%, three, uh, three-pointer, 46, free throw, 62, offensive, 2, Defensive rebounds, 3.8, rebounds, 5.8, assist, 1.9, steals, 1.7, blocks, 1, and then points, 9.3. Trell, 25.3 minutes, field goal, percentage, 37%, Uh, three-pointer, 37%, free throw, 90%. Look at you. Man, that's good. And then um, 0.1 offensive, 1.5 defensive, 1.6 rebounds. uh, Let's see, assists, 1.4 steals, 1 blocks, nada. And then points, 9.2. Jalen, 22.1, 38%. We'll say 39%. uh, 31% three-pointers, 70, we'll say 71 free throws, uh, 0.4 offensive, 2.1 defensive, so that means 2.5 total, uh, 2.2 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, 7.5 points. Nigel, 20.9 minutes per game, uh, 35, yeah, 35% field goal, 20, we'll say 30, uh, no, no, 28% three-pointer. Um, 82% free throw, 0.6 offensive, point, or 2.3 defensive, 2.8 rebound total, uh, 1.2 assists, 0.8 steals, and then 0.2 blocks. And then we'll just skip over Jules because he don't matter. <laughs> uh, Nana, 9.9 minutes, 40, we'll say 49% field goal, 58% three point. Look at that, Nana. <laughs> um uh, 70 free throw, 0.7 offensive, 0.12 defensive, so that's uh, 0.9. 1.9 total assists, 0.4 steals, 0.3 blocks, 0.5, 2.5 points. Uh, Derek is uh, 9 minutes per game, uh, 50% field goals, 11% three-pointer, and then free throw, 62%. 0.5 off or rebounds, I'll just say total uh, of 1.7 with rebounds, um, 0.2 assists, 0.4 steals, and then uh, 0.1 blocks, 2.4 per game. Diego, 8.8 minutes, 33% field goal, 31% free throw or three point, 68% or 66%, sorry. Uh, free throw total rebounds 0.7 assist 0.4 steals 0.3 no block and two points average uh, Jonathan 3.8 minutes 45% full goal 0% threes 57% free throw uh, total rebound 1.1 assist 0.1 no for steals and then 0.2 blocks and 1.2 points and then Poor little Jamel, 3.6 minutes, 33% field goal, 0% three, and then 100% free throw, um, 0.6 total rebounds, 0.3 assists, 0.1 steals, 0.1 blocks, and 0.7 points. So there you go. Whew. All right, Jacqueline, you're up. Uh, How many the leaders if you want? Do what? If you you can just pop down to the leaders if you don't want to do the full team, but you can.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be uh, faster. it will be easier. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so first let's do let's do the game high for each one, and then we can come back and do the overall leaders. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the game high as far as team our our team game high yeah. points was against Wiley with 100 points. Team high field goals made was 40 also against Wiley uh, field goal attempts was 74 against Buffalo three point field goals made was a toss up between Lincoln and Abilene Christian um, field goal three, three point field goal attempts. The most we took was against Sam Houston. Um, that was the first time that we played them whenever we lost the bad yeah. loss. Yeah. Uh, most free throws made as a team was 29 against Lamar. Most free throw attempts taken was 36, also against Lamar. Uh, same game. Yeah. Uh, most rebounds as a team was 42. Uh, and we did it in three different games against Grand Canyon, against Seattle U and against Chicago State. The most assists as a team was 27. and That was in our Wiley game. The most steals as a team was 15, and that was in the Lincoln game. Most blocked shots as a team was 10 against Northwestern State. Most turnovers as a team was 26, and I bet y'all can guess who that was against, Evelyn Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, The most fouls as a team was 27, and we did it in two different games, once against Middle Tennessee and once against Charlton State. Um, Now, our game high individually, the most points in a game by an individual, 37, and that was Gavin against California Baptist. Most field goals made was 14 by Gavin in that same game against California Baptist. Most field goal attempts also by Gavin, same game, California Baptist. The most three-point field goals made in a game by Latrell seven uh, in the LA Louisiana Monroe game, um, the most three point field goal attempts was ten. We had Trell and Nigel both. They they list out the four games it was. So I don't know who was what game, but Louisiana Monroe, UTRGV, Charleston State, and Seattle U. Uh, the most free throws made was eleven. Calvin did it against Lamar, and Gavin did it against Seattle U. Most free throw attempts in a game was 15 by Gavin against Seattle U. The most rebounds in a game was 14 by Gavin against Seattle U. The most assists uh, for a player was six. No, I think that's eight, but David. Eight, uh, eight yeah. And he did it in three different games, South Dakota State, Wiley, and UTRGV. The most steals in a game was six. That was by Jalen against Mary Hearn Baylor. Most blocked shots in a game was five by day against Wiley. Can't talk. The most turnovers in a game was nine by Gavin against UNC Asheville. Uh, The most fouls in a game, obviously the most fouls in a game was five, and we had several people. Several players do that, um, but I'm going to tell you how many times each of them uh, fouled out because it didn't break that down, how to do this manually. Oh, girl. So, so JJP fell the the, person, the player who fouled out the most, I think we can all guess, was Calvin. Uh, he fouled out five times. Was Shocking. Uh, then we had JJP and David each fouled out four times, and I will say three of David's four times were all three games that we played against ACU. Again, no shock here. So going back to our conversation about that. Then we had Gavin, Trell, and Nigel all fouled out twice. And Jonathan fouled out once. So the most games fouled out was Calvin with five. Uh, the most players in one game who fouled out was against Charlton. We had four people foul out that game, which was Trell, mm. Calvin, Gavin, and JJP. Um, so, like, like I said when I alluded to this earlier, that that was one of the many things that happened wrong for us in the Charlton game that I, I feel like made it one of our worst losses. I mean, you just, you can't. Fa- I mean, that's. I don't think I don't think Trell started that game, so it was just two starters that, but two starters and your like next two guys off the bench fouled out that game. So
0: yeah, that's just an absolute recipe for disaster, and there's just no way that. You better be light years ahead of your opponent, but there's no, but there's probably no statistical way that you even are if you're fouling out if you're fouling that much.
1: Yeah, it was not good. Okay, not good. Now leaders, Uh, we're gonna go. We'll we'll
0: trade off categories and give you the top five for each category. So yeah, it was just easier for me to just. I figured we could just do the top five in each category. Whenever I copied and pasted these over. We've um, yeah. been doing the entire category. Yeah, So you can start us off with points. Okay, yeah, no problem. So points. So these are the top points leaders of the season. Uh, first, we have, obviously, Gavin. Um, total points, 530. I mean, completely blowing everybody out of the water with the 16.6 average points per game, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, then we have, of course, Big Game Dave at 305 points, 9.5 per game. Uh, Day Day with... 300 points total 9 point44 per game Calvin with 299 almost at the 300 with 9 point3 per game and then trell with uh 900 or'm sorry 900 <laughs> uh, 294 at 9.2 per game
1: and I think that's so interesting to look at because I mean obviously we all knew that Gavin was the the points leader um Mm -hmm. and obviously most of his points are in the paint and every game we wanted to have the points in the paint high um it's just a good solid game plan for your points in the paint to be um higher because you know the little saying live live by the three die by the three um it's just a higher percentage shot if you're closer to the bucket not saying Mm -hmm. that it's easier because it can be harder when you're you're more closely guarded, uh, banging around down there, but it's just a higher percentage shot than um, three-pointer. You you could be wide freaking open and miss. Uh, Oh. But, uh, so, you know, obviously he blew everybody out of the water, like Alex said, 530 in the net. I mean, so he was almost doubled um, Mm
0: the
1: next person, but then our next four were within 10, you know, 10-11. 10 of each other, yeah,
0: almost, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, because
1: you had four people from 294 to 305. So that's, I think that's really good. I think that shows how strong um, they are in scoring that the next four were that close.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, they really spread that around, you know, pretty equally. So interesting.
1: Yeah. That was cool. Okay. So the top five leaders for field goals, um, obviously going to be pretty close to the same. We have, Gave in, uh at number one, he made 198 field goals out of 324 attempts. So his field goal percentage was 61. Um, field goals made per game, 6.2. Field goals attempted per game, 10.1. Um, I'm just going to give you all the field goal percentage because it's just easier, I think, than the yeah. lead versus attempt because that's the average of that. So uh, number two was Day-Day. He... Oh, shoot. Sorry. Uh, you're good. Um, so, Day Day, his field goals made 126 out of 218 attempts for a percentage of 58%. 57.8%. I'm sure you're on it. 58%. Uh, Calvin, number three, he had 118 field goals made out of 226 attempts for a 52.2 percentage. Number four, we had David with 115 made out of 269 attempts for... Forty-two point eight percentage, and then number five we had Trell with eighty-nine made out of two hundred thirty-nine attempts for a percentage of thirty-seven. Um, so kind of interesting to look at the the attempts,
0: mm-hmm. the Local percentage overall, but for sure, yeah, agreed. All right, moving on. Three pointers, uh, no surprise here. Leader of the pack with three points is going to be Trell. Um, His three-point percentage was obviously the highest on the team at at 37%. He made 70, attempted 189. It's just wild to think about that. Um, And then, of course, you had David. He was at 29%, basically almost 30%. Uh, Jalen was at 31%, as well as Diego. And they played vastly different amount of games. Jalen played... 31 games, Diego played 24 games, and they both were at 31%. Um, Jalen attempted way more than Diego. Jalen attempted 100 and made 31, and Diego attempted 42 and made 13. So kind of, again, differences in you know the players there. And then lastly, had Nigel at 27, we'll say 28% with three points.
1: Uh so our free throw leaders um are oh they list. hold
0: on. You gotta move this over a little bit. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. It easy to see. Hold on. It's
1: confusing me.
0: I know. I just noticed that it that was one I didn't fix. Oop, here we go. Is that better?
1: Yeah, Um. so also what I'm realizing, which I guess I, sh- I should have said this, but I mean, y'all are hearing it, but this, so this category is telling just who made the most, not who has the highest percentage. So like, for example, within free throws, Gavin made the most free throws at 133, but his percentage was not the highest. Um, Correct. Yes. So we had the most free throws made was Gavin with 133 made. I would kind of like to do the leaders on percentages, but anyways. um, Okay. uh, So most made was Gavin with 133. Second, most made was Calvin with 57. Third was day with 48 fourth was trell with 46 and fifth was david with 52 but the highest percentage is trell with 90% um, second percentage would be david with 73 then third would be day with 68 fourth would be calvin with 62 and fifth would
0: be gavin with 61 um, which is wild because he that's not yeah that those aren't even the highest ones either cuz you had nigel with 81% and he was like 6th or 7th on the list.
1: Yeah. yeah. I guess at the end we can go over percentages because uh, I
0: think that's kind of interesting. I kind of misleading. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, moving on to rebounds. So um, pretty much all the game leaders or the team leaders for rebounds are the majority of our starters. I'll just say one, two. I mean pretty much almost all the starters. Um, almost almost. So he had uh Gavin at the highest with uh 86 rebounds. Then he have uh let's see here Calvin at 64 rebounds, but he wasn't even the second highest. Day was I believe the second highest was 79, but he why he was second was because he had the what? Am I reading that right? No, I'm sorry. I was reading it so Calvin did have the second highest at 187. Then Day had, then it was at 170. Uh, the team rebounds said team 104, um, and then David 93 and Jalen was 77. Okay, average, and then offensive average. Okay, that's why it was a weird. Average per game, and then offensive, and then af- offensive. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: All right, so assists we have, obviously, in first, we had David with 120 assists. So he had 3.8 per game. Uh, we had Jalen at number two with 67 assists for 2.2 per game. Calvin in third with 62, 1.9 per game. Uh, fourth was Gavin with 57 total, 1.8 per game. And in fifth was Day with 50 total and 1.6 per game.
0: Then we moved on to block shots. Block shots. Uh, first, you have Calvin as number one with uh, 32, one per game. Uh, Day at 27.8 per game. Jalen, 25.8 per game. Gaven, 17.5 uh, per game. And then Nana at 15.5 per game. Um, again, just loving Calvin being there at the very top of block shots. I mean, he was always all over the ball. So that's no surprise there.
1: Yeah. And I I love that Nana had, you know, really almost as many as Gavin and not, not much playing time, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. playing time like minutes wise as well. Yeah. He played, Gavin played two more games than him technically, but minutes wise, completely different story. Um, All
1: right, so steals leading the pack is Calvin with 55 total, 1.7 per game. Um, And second is Jalen with 41 total, 1.3 per game. Third is Day with 39 steals total, 1.2 per game. David, 36 total steals, 1.1 per game. Trell with 32 total steals and one steal per game.
0: Then we have the leaders of turnovers, Uh, Gavin, going to be at the top. Turnover-wise, he had 114 turnovers with 3.6 per game. Calvin with 89, 2.8 per game. Big Game Dave at 63 with 2 per game. Uh, Then you have Jalen Jackson Posey at 46 total turnovers, 1.5 per game. And Trell with 41, 1.3 per game.
1: Yeah, and I, I just want to say really quickly. I mean, it it's going to be obvious that Gavin and David are going to be near the top of the leaders of this category because your, your point guard's going, to, your point guard and the person who scores the most points are going to be the two people with the most risk of turning the ball over because they have you're the watch. one handling the ball, so you have it a lot, or you're the one scoring, so you have it a lot. So that's that's not surprising, and it's not.
0: Okay. It's not, like, indicative of their, like, quality right. of play. It's just – that's just the correlation between the person who's, yeah, point guarding is going to have the ball a lot of the time, so he's going to probably get the most turnovers. Yeah. Same thing with, with Gaben. It's the same situation.
1: Yeah, I'm um, with that one. You, can go, you can go on to the next. Oh, okay. Right? Because then in- – Oh wait, hold on. My stuff's all refreshing, so I'm all lost. Okay, I guess you did turnovers, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're on, you're on PFs. Okay,
1: all right. Leading the pack, we all know Calvin with 107. But you know what? When when you're getting the most steals and the most blocks
0: gonna get the most fouls again that's why that's why this is so interesting to look at because now it's like it's all making sense when you're like oh fouls but then when you look at the other stats you're like okay well it kind of checks out
1: yeah and i I think that's why it's so important for us to go over all these because a lot of the the leaders of the most positive categories are also going to be the leaders of the most negative categories because they go hand in hand you're you're taking more risks you know
0: oh completely
1: yeah more shots or you're taking more gambles on defense, you're Mm going to have more turnovers or more fouls. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. So, number one, we have Calvin with 107 uh, fouls, so he got 3.3 per game. about fair. Uh, (laughs) Gavin with 90, so 2.8 per game. Jalen with 79, 2.5 per game. Trell with 78, 2.4 per game. And Day with 70, so 2.2 per game.
0: Heading into the minutes, uh, so, of course, Gavin's going to probably have the most, uh, which he did at 1,000 minutes, so 31.3 per game, uh, which we've mentioned. I'll just say what the totals were. Uh, David, big game Dave at 953 minutes. Uh, Trell then paid the third most minutes at 809. Calvin, 795. That's because he was in fell trouble so much, so he sat his ass on the bench. Uh <laughs> And then Jalen was at 686. So those are your top five with the most minutes.
1: And I think what's so interesting about that is uh, I don't think uh, so. Trell started some of the season, but not all the season. But not Um, everything. No. And he was third. And JJP, I don't think, ever started. And he was the fifth most minutes. Um, Yeah.
0: He may have started maybe, maybe we'll say one or two games. Maybe. But yeah, interesting enough um, that that wasn't all five starters. So, right. yeah, completely. Last one.
1: All right. Assist to turnover ratio. We have, and, uh, you know, I, I said exactly this, uh, the people who are handling the ball a lot. So we have David at the top with 120 assists to 63 turnovers, 1.9. Raw T, 26. Uh, of course, this is going to be a lot lower because he didn't play that many games. 26. Correct. To 14 turnovers, so 1.86. Um, Diego nine assists to six turnovers, 1.5. Uh, JJP 67 assists 46 turnovers, 1.46. Uh, Day Day 50 assists to 38 turnovers, so 1.332 uh, on the ratio. So you know you're you're trying to get the most assists. You're gonna you're gonna take
0: some turnovers there. Completely, absolutely. Um, Okay, so speeding right along to, we're just going to kind of quickly run through, um, in case you missed it, if you were living under a rock, the WAC gave out their conference awards uh, right before the tournament. Um, We're just going to kind of run through those, and then we'll talk about um, also our personal awards, but we'll go through all the WAC stuff first. So WAC conference awards section, uh, Coach of the Year was uh, Chris Victor from Seattle U, totally uh well deserved on that. I mean he was interim coach the whole pretty much almost the whole season. Towards the end of the season, then they took interim, slapped that off, smacked that off of him, just like Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. And uh now he then he was full, you know, full head coach and he did such a great job with sweet Seattle U. So hats off. Tip of the cap to him, so um Next had player of the year, no surprise here, was Teddy Buckets from New Mexico State, um, which I don't know if anybody had saw this. I did. I think Jacqueline probably did well. He's leaving New Mexico State. Shocker. shocker. A little bit of a shocker, but also no shocker because I think, I don't know if it was Kyle that said it or somebody else that said it, that Teddy Buckets specifically and 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 outwardly said that if they didn't hire that Miller coach guy as the coach, he was gone. I don't
1: even think that's the reason. I'm sorry. I don't mean this shady at all, but, like, you look at his record, he hasn't been anywhere more than a year. So, to, I really did not expect him to say there more
0: than a year. I mean, I agree with you. I was just repeating yeah. what was yeah. said on social media. I don't – yeah. So, take that with a grain of salt. Um, freshman me. of the year was uh, Taryn Armstrong from CBU. Um, let's see. Defensive player of the year was Fardaz. He just – good. Um, He's also probably most likely leaving Utah Valley trying to get into the NBA. Um, Who knows what will happen there? If he does, good for him. If he doesn't, I'm sure he'll be still playing for either Utah Valley or another team. Apparently there's been like 20 teams that have been knocking down his door. So Um, not surprising. And then I, I hate when they give two awards to the same freaking person. It, I mean, like you mean to tell me that there's no other newcomer in the WAC that earned this award. I don't think so.
1: Yeah. And I agree, especially if one of the two awards that the same person receives is the player Play of, the of the year, that exactly. kind of takes everything else. So just let them have that and give the newcomer the beer
0: to someone else. Exactly my sentiments. I agree completely. But newcomer of the year, according to the WAC, was Teddy Allen as well. I Again, like, yeah, he was newcomer to the WAC because he was been he's been like in 18 different other schools prior to the, to come into New Mexico State. But like you mean to tell me that there's from all the other teams in the WAC, there's not one other newcomer that didn't make a, a difference on the court. Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, then of course we had our one SFA representation, six man of the year, JJP, SFA, proud of him for that. He was, he was, he was outstanding off the bench, six man of the year for sure. Um, so congrats to him. Then we move on to the teams. So Jacks, you want to do first team?
1: Yes. Um I, I want to have one one more little note on the sixth man of the year for JJP because like whenever we went over the minutes just now and you know he was in the top five of our mm-hmm. most minutes and never started. So yeah. Exactly. I mean exactly. They called
0: that they called that spot on.
1: Yeah. Um all right. So first team we had Fardos from Utah Valley. I'm not even gonna attempt his last name because whatever y'all know. Uh, Teddy Allen from New Mexico State, Yovan Blackshire from Grand Canyon, Gabe and Kinsmill from SFA, Savion Flag from Sam Houston, Hunter Schofield from Dixie mm-hmm. State, and then Darion Trammell and Cameron Tyson both from Seattle U. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then we had, sorry, I was scrolling ahead. Uh, second team, all whack was. Uh, Brandon Betson, Chicago State, Montre Gibson, Tarleton, Justin Johnson, UT Rio Grande, Big Game Dave, SFA, Johnny McCants, and Jabari Rice, both from New Mexico State. Didn't realize his first name or part of his name was Sir.
1: No, I think it was listed that way on the... um rosters, but I don't think they ever, the announcers ever called him that. I
0: think they, They I don't think they did. That's what I was like shocked to see. Anyway. Um, then Arion Simmons, uh, from Abilene Christian. I was actually kind of shocked that he didn't get, um, first team, but at the same time, I mean, you can't have everybody on first team, but, um, he's out, he's a really good player as well. Uh, Holland woods from grand Canyon.
1: Yeah, I'm not necessarily surprised that he got second team, but I, I thought someone else from Abilene would have gotten first team, like maybe right. or or um, uh,
0: I, I'm blanking on the other guys, name. but anyway, doesn't matter. I uh, guess that's what I kind of was 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 kind of alluding to. I'm surprised that no one from ACU got to first team, and they had two dudes uh, from from Seattle U who got first team. It's just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna have a whole team, just have different. Don't have multiple dudes. Again, same same thing. You mean to tell me there's no other person from any other team that deserves to be on first team? I don't know. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I feel because I don't know. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I feel like if you're going to have more than one player on the first team, like your team has to finish head and shoulders above everyone else. And we ended the season with a three way tie for first place outright. Exactly. I just don't feel like you're that far head and shoulders above to have two players on the first team, but whatever. That's my opinion. They I mean, I agree us.
0: with you for sure. Yeah. They didn't ask
1: us for these votes, but no, never. No. <laughs> All defensive team. We had Fardals from Utah Valley. We had Shamir Bogues from Charlton. Uh, we had Javion May from Sam Houston, Johnny McCants from Mexico state and Darian Trammell from Seattle. You.
0: Yeah. Um, and then all newcomer team we had again, which drives me absolutely bonkers. We had so many newcomers from SFA this season, and not a damn one of them got on this fucking team. Um, Teddy Allen, New Mexico State, Savion Flag, Sam Houston, which he played for them. I just I don't get what the, where the all newcomer comes from because Flag played there, like meaning no. newcomer to the whack. No, this is his first season. He came from a I thought he played for them last season. Mm-mm. Oh shit! I'm not paying goddamn attention. Okay, um, obviously I don't. I don't. Obviously, I'm not paying attention. Uh, so Justin Johnson, UT Rio Grande, Cameron Tyson, Seattle U, and Holland Woods, Grand Canyon. Um, okay, so to end off, we are ending with our personal awards for the season for our teams. Um, everything from MVP to best role player, funniest player, most spirited and everything in between. Um, Do you want to go like one at a time and do each of like you do MVP, I'll do MVP, or just want to say all of ours. And then you say all of yours. No, I think let's do that category and we both go. I agree. Okay. Um, so, cause I think the first one, we both agreed on who the MVP is of the season. We, we both said Gavin, you know, stats speak, just absolute, you know. Uh, I'm not even try. I can't even think of the word. Speak volumes. Uh, his stats were outstanding. He, all of us you know. He he hit 1,000 points this season. He 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 played well. He was he was a difference maker on the team on the court, and obviously it shows. He's part of the reason why we are where we are, or ended where we ended at the very top. I mean, points in the paint. He was there you know so obviously mvp it it was it's kind of like a no brainer
1: yeah uh, yeah i just had to go with the numbers don't lie on that one because um, yeah. when you have almost twice the points of the the second place person on points um you were putting the points up there on the
0: board so got to be the most integral part <laughs> Agreed. um next pma award is most improved player So uh, most improved player, me, I had said, and not because that they weren't good before, but just they've improved so much on the court from when we first saw them to when they, you know, last game of the year. So I put, I put Jalen just because last season, we really didn't, we didn't see him play at all. And then this season, the very beginning of the season, he, you know, of course, haven't seen, hadn't seen him playing. He hadn't played this all last season. And then this is first season playing, you know, obviously dust, you know, kind of shedding some rust, shedding some, some a little, uh some dust off of him. And from the very beginning of the season till the end of the season, obviously he won six man, like he improved so much over the course of the season. Um, You know, when David wasn't in, he was taking the ball out. He was playing that point guard role. Um He was, he was, improving in that area specifically as well so I just I I gave that to Jalen obviously there's other guys on the team that started off kind of shaky and then really turned on too but for me it was I just I thought Jalen just excelled this season he started off I knew he was going to be great it was a slow start but then he really just kicked it up into high gear so really really proud of him
1: yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Cause yeah. I mean, getting six man of the year, that's, that's huge. So he definitely mm-hmm. on such a high note. Um, yeah. Mine, I, I said from beginning of season to end, I said Diego. And again, this, like we're going off of just what we see. And at the beginning, yeah. of season, we really didn't see him play hardly any. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying that's based on his play. Cause maybe he was playing just as good then as he was at the end of the season, but we just didn't see it. So, um, you know, and then towards the end of the season, he's, Starting a couple of games and um, you know making some good three pointers, and I thought looking good, getting better on his defense. So I, th- I think from beginning to end, I was I was happy to see him get a little bit more of a role in playing
0: time. So I agree. Yeah, gonna miss him on the court for sure. I thought he was a great player, good good team player as well. Played hard on defense too, um, which brings me to the next one, which was best defensive player. I believe Jackal and I both agreed with this one um that it's just it's gotta be calvin again yeah no matter how we feel about calvin stats don't lie the numbers do not lie when you have the most
1: blocked shots and the most steals you're gonna get best defense for me because
0: that's what why was i was, was kind of kicked off that he didn't make defensive team that i, I, I was kind of i, was sh- I was kind of mad about it I was like, again, I know not every freaking person can make it, but I really was hoping that he would because he played really great defense.
1: And I agree. When you're when you're leading your team in both defensive stats, I feel like you got you got to have some sort of shot at a spot on the all defensive team. I mean,
0: I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And again, no matter, I mean, we love Calvin so much because we just we love his we love his energy. You know, off the off the bench. Um, he started, obviously, but when he's and he goes and he sits and then he comes back in, I mean, his energy is just bar none up and down that court, all over the place, getting in people's faces, hands and faces, blocking shots, this left and right. Yeah, he's fouling a lot because he's all over the freaking court. He's all over in everybody's face, and I, his energy was just on par constantly. Um, so that's one of the reasons I believe we both kind of went for him. Uh, so best role player, role player. So, I guess Jacqueline, what do you define as a role player?
1: Um, so mine, and and I'll, I'll as I explain why I chose who I chose, I'll kind of explain my view on that. but mm-hmm. I said Derek for the best role player because, and like I've talked about him multiple times and why my dad not liked him so much, I, I think mm-hmm. he really accepted. His lane or his role, if you will, coming into the season and didn't didn't try to try to do too much, didn't try to do stuff that wasn't asked of him. And he did very well at what what was asked of him. You know, he was a brand new player. Um, you're not going to get a whole lot of playing time. It's your freshman season. You're kind of just getting your feet wet, but you're super athletic. You're really good. He stuck to what he knew. He didn't go out there and try to make like flashy plays or Shoot big three pointers. He did what he did best. Um, played good defense. Played solid game.
0: Came mm-hmm.
1: in and made the most of the minutes he got. Uh, scored some some high percentage, you know, uh, shots near the bucket and all that. Um, and just really took that role where I feel like a lot of freshmen, especially, yeah. Not going to be happy with the freshman role that they get the first year. Good point. Uh, they might have a bad attitude about it, or they might just immediately come in and like try to throw down a dunk or throw up a three pointer or whatever. And that's that's not the role that you're going to get. Um, or if you're going to take it, you damn sure better make them right. Um, going to get sent right back to the bench from whence you came. Um, <laughs> and I feel like Derek really did. And I I totally agree with yours when you get to it and explain it, um, because overall, I I think he did probably the best in his role. But the I I think Derek did the best as far as like the most difficult role to stomach and did a a good job in taking that.
0: No, I completely agree with your assessment of of Derek and his role, too, because you're so right. I mean, because we've seen it before where you have freshmen coming in and and they get their their attitude is, is just very piss poor because they think they should be getting more playing time. Whereas you have multiple upperclassmen who are starting and playing more and then they get upset. And then it's just a whole vicious cycle that they put themselves in when, you know, and then, of course, like beginning of the season, we didn't see Derek at all at all. Um, and then some point during, you know, the middle of the season, soon as January kind of hit, we start seeing Derek a lot more off the bench and he just, he, he filled his role, whatever they needed him to be. They needed him to get in there and play some defense. Great. They needed him to get in there and maybe make some good layups and, and, and some good transitional basketball. He did it. So, you know, lots of dunks by Derek too. I was trying to remember the couple dunks for that one too. Cause he, killing it on that. So yeah, I agree. So, but for me, I I put David, big game, Dave, DK, whatever you want to call him. We love this kid. For me, he is the role player of all role players. He is one of the most selfish guys on the court. He, again, it's his job. He's point guard. This is what he does. He gives up the ball. He sets up the assist. Like he is the role player who sets up everything on that court and I, I I think that Dave I mean I think that's who I chose last year too because David is just he's that guy for me and I'm sure he's that guy for a lot of people you know you can always kind of rely on him to do what is needed on the court you know if if we need him to to play great transitional basketball which he does I think he's one of one of the better transitional basketball player guys we've had. Um, in, in a while, just, I mean, his, his, I don't know, his skill on the transition is just wild. Like he can just get up there and get those layups so fast. Like he is so quick. His layups and transition are just chef's kiss beautiful. And I just enjoy watching him play. He, he can play defense with the best of them. He can get up there and get those layups. He can just bob and weave around the defenders and get those layups. Um, you know, He's, he's there wherever you need him to be. And he's also a great leader for the team as well. As a As a super senior, his role as a leader, and he played that role as well. You know, people to look up to, people to, uh, you know, go to, to kind of emulate, play after. So I, I think David is just, David is David. Like, I'm, I'm we're going to miss that kid so much. Not just because of, his role that he played on the court, but just off the court, his, his attitude has always been just what exactly you ask for. in a a, a teammate and a, and a guy and a dude, you know, he's just great. Gonna miss him. Gonna miss seeing him on and off the court. And so I, I hope and wish nothing but the best for that guy. I honestly do.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And the thing is, um, you want your point guard to be in the running of best role player, because like I've said a million times before, that is the most important role on the team because one orchestrating and setting up everything and controlling Mm -hmm. the tempo. Mm -hmm. So that kind of just de facto puts you in the main leadership role because you're the one calling shots, no pun intended on the court. Right. So that rolls into the next one, which is best clutch player for my choice. I said, number one, my best clutch player would be big game Dave, because when it comes down to those Mm -hmm. clutch moments, you need your point guard and the leader of your team to be the one to pull everybody together and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what's coming next. And I, I feel like he got that nickname, big game Dave, specifically for that reason. Um, of oh, those clutch sure. moments. like he's going to be the one to pull it together. I, I did say close second for that was Trell because I, I feel like he made a bunch of clutch um, three pointers. And, you know, with any three point shooter, you're you're going to have your streaky moments. But I, I feel like a lot of times when we really needed it, he was on. So that, that's why he was a close second for me. But yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, my number one Best clutch player for a lot of the reasons that he was your best role player was get big game day for me.
0: Oh for sure and and you're spot on about that and I love what you said about the fact that because he's point guard like that is automatically like a leadership role and if that's who you want to be the leader and that is who if I feel like if your point guard is not somebody who's like that like you're not going to be successful as a team no at all at all that's why I'm very interested to see who takes over for him in that role and in that leadership position because we need somebody like Dave who is going to be that clutch guy, big game Dave, person who we can rely on to control the tempo, control the game, know the game, know the plays, know where everybody is and where they're supposed to be and we need to have somebody who is like that in that role. Otherwise, it's just not going to it's not going to happen. It's not going to yeah. happen. So yeah, my, my clutch player that I said was day because of many factors. A lot of them have to do with, I'm just, I was, we were just so shocked at how well this kid, well's not even the word, how freaking amazing this kid is on the court. Never. I mean, obviously he's playing D1 basketball. He's going to be a good player most likely, there's been a few exceptions. Well, anyway. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> in the past. But Day, Day Hall is for me a clutch dude. You know, he never gave up on the court. Never. Never, 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 never. He if he didn't make the first shot, he rebounded his own shot and then got it, and then didn't didn't make that, got his own shot again, and then actually made it in. He never gave up. He followed his shots. He was down there in the paint, literally elbowing it with, with the rest of the guys who may be, you know, a couple inches high, taller than him and bigger than him. This guy's a freshman. And he's down there making clutch layups, clutch little pull-up J's, clutch transitional layups. Like, he is a clutch guy to me. And I also agree with the assessment with David And I also agree with you when you talked about Trell, too. You know how much I stand Trell. Like, I stand Trell so much, which I'll bring that up, and that leads me into – Well, I
1: I agree with you so much on on Day, though, too, because especially towards the end of the season, I would say even maybe just like in the last five or six games, Mm -hmm. I feel like he really came in and just maybe even in a few minutes here and there that he would come in, like, made some big plays, whether it be scoring or rebounds or blocks
0: Mm – Mm-hmm. I mean both ends of the court. Um and that's my thing. I clutch for me is someone who I can rely on in big high pressure situations who can who who gets into the game and 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 does what needs to be done, puts his body on the line for a charge, grabs those rebounds, gets in there, plays some high octane defense, gets in there, makes the clutch last minute second free throws where the game's on the line like those are the guys that I want on this team, and those are the guys that I want to see succeed like that because those are the guys that, man, we just need. Um, but in between, <laughs> in between what I was going to say for, for the next one, but uh, I, I forgot we had one more in between there. So we had funniest player. Funniest player, 1,000% agreed. Frickin Always God. Calvin. Always, Always Calvin. He is goofing. Around, not goofing around because he does take the game seriously. But he's goofing. Well,
1: yeah, and it's like I've said in so many different episodes. It's he is just more than any other player. All he always looks like he is having a damn good time out there, and I love Best that. Time not, not to say that the other guys don't look like they're having fun, but like percentage-wise, he is enjoying himself. of the time, except for maybe when he's fouling out or whenever referees are
0: giving him the business. I feel feel like he even enjoys that more. He's like, let's go, baby. Like, whatever. Like, he just doesn't. He's just like, whatever. I don't give a shit. He's just funny.
1: He kind of almost has like a shaggy type personality, it seems to me sometimes. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. love
0: that. I love that analogy. Yes.
1: You're just like here and having a good
0: time. And- like and- he's like, he, he has like the attitude of, of, of like, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. <laughs> you know? Like I'm just here and I'm just showing up just so that I won't have to run tomorrow, but I'm going to go out there and play my hardest. But at the same time, whatever, man, like, he's just funny his facial expressions, some of the little one-liners, the little quips he'll say when he comes and sits down on the bench. Like he'll rag on people constantly. It always would crack me up too whenever he like either he's on he's in foul trouble, which again was often. Um he would <laughs> he he comes to the bench, he fucking untucks his 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 jersey very like animatedly and, and vigorously, sits down, leans back. Can I get that water bottle? Like, he's so mad that he has to sit. And then he, as soon as he sits, he just, whatever. Close second for me, which I didn't write this down, but close second for me on on Funniest was Nana. And I'll tell you why. It's because every freaking time Nana came out of the game, he'd walk behind the bench right by Reese and the other managers, and they would always, like, hit each other. And there was one point where he hit Reed, Reese just a little too and knocked his ass over onto the floor.
1: And the fact that Reese would, like, smack his ass, and it's, like,
0: right there by his face. Exactly. Reese would, like, smack his ass, and he would turn around and just kind of, like, smile at him. Like, like. <laughs> Nana would Nana would do some funny stuff over there behind the bench, and that would always crack me up, too. Nana's uh, funny. He, he
1: seems like he has a really funny personality off the court so i agree i agree
0: um so next one most spirited so i think we both put two different ones um and reason being like one on the court and one off the court um oh no we didn't we had the same on the court okay so uh for on the court we both put trial 100 percent agreed when he when
1: he gets hype he is oh. definitely the most spirited
0: when he gets on a streak or a roll when he hits that threes he his his per, his personality and his mood goes from like okay playing the game to okay we're playing this game like he just mm, 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 is all over the place when he's hitting threes or a, you know big moment in the game like he's ah, that's why that's why i had this this background up there for a while i should have left it up there like yeah him you can't see him but he's back there holding day like ah, like he is spirited af on the court and i love that energy i love that juice and when he gets excited oh baby i get excited i get excited so this is where i was going to mention this too like don't think i'm not i, I really want to make some like trail shirts I, I mean i'll wear it i don't know who else will wear one i don't know but i want a trail shirt you know with like his hair like it's like an outline of his like face yeah and like something something troll related with like a three pointer like i don't know something going to design something cuz got to love troll so much he's yeah. hype and then my other off or on the bench uh option not option but person was was russell because when you're not paying attention to russell or when you he 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 has the goofiest little like silly celebrations and they're not he's just goofy he's just goofy on the bench and to me it just makes me laugh and he's very very spirited out but it's very like controlled you know what I mean like it's not like the celebrations that we'll mention later it's just like he'll do like a quick little like ooh three like arrow thing he'll just very quickly get it done you know and he's but he's always cheering he's always slapping you know butts and high five and people he's like biggest cheerleader on the bench um, and I cannot wait to see this guy play I just can't like Jesus he's been on the bench he was all, all injured last year and then this year don't know what the heck was going on with him
1: yeah lots more injuries I think I just don't know if it's the same or different
0: yeah I don't know it's just wild but anyway um, and then there's multiple times though that he was he during celebrations he got up onto his little chair his little seat and he was like dancing around and then he'd quickly sit down and I'm just like, <laughs> like, he's just, he's just a cute kid. Love that kid. And plus he'd always, he's, he's a big supporter of us as well. And I, I think he's great. Um, and he would always, he'd always rag on me for how many beers I was drinking, but
1: it was funny. Yeah, we love him. Uh, so my, my on the bench one, I said, uh, the new kid transfer Peyton, which, uh, I mean, this is good and bad. Cause I, I feel like he got very spirited in funny ways, um, mm-hmm. on the bench, but also sometimes maybe a little too much, uh, spirit, which I love it. I love the passion, but maybe a little too much shitty chatty to the referee. And then you gotta go I, sit in the, locker yeah. the second half. Um, but a lot I of did. passion, so hopefully yeah. we can, hopefully we can rein that in and put that to good use next season.
0: So. I'm, I'm hoping so too because of that same reason. That's really probably I think, the only reason why I didn't put him because I agree he had a lot of really good spirited moments too. But I, I think that little tiff he had with the referee kind of not necessarily like turned me off from him, but I'm just like, mm, I hope he turns that attitude around because I don't want that. I don't I don't, I don't want that on the bench or and or on the court. <laughs> caution with the passion and rain. Yeah. yeah, completely. Um, so yeah, best sixth man I put definitely Day or JJP. It was honestly depending on who starts. If, if it was like a, if, uh, if if Day Day started, obviously then he wouldn't really count as a sixth man. Um, obviously JJP won sixth man, so that just makes sense to have. But I also think Day coming off the bench too. And that's why I put him as the clutch as well. It's just he had a lot of coming-off-the-bench moments that just hit hard.
1: Yeah, and no, we, we said the exact same thing on that because you're exactly right. Uh, it it kind of just depended some – you know, sometimes J.J.P. would start or they might start, so they wouldn't necessarily be the six man that game. But um, mm-hmm. obviously we were not far off the mark if J.J.P. won best six man for the whole conference, so – Correct. Yeah.
0: The two of them were great six men when they weren't Sorry. starting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one, we got best hair. Best hair. So I said originally, I said just Trell because Trell has fantastic hair. Um, but then, of course, when I added in Jamel, obviously Jamel has similar hair to Trell, but I mean, but also really, really cool hair as well. So, but th- those are my two for best hair. I love, I love Trell's hair. When he would get excited and freak out, it's like, yeah, yeah.
1: And it would have just... Yeah. And awesome. I kind of divided mine up because kind of for the same reasons. Uh, so just general hair category, I would say Russell has really nice hair. Like You can tell yeah. he has a really thick, nice head of hair. Um, I agree the, with that. But then the braids, we got Trell's braids, we got Day's braids, and we got Jamel's braids, which are all fantastic braids mm-hmm. um, that are similar and all fantastic
0: in their own way. So Completely, completely. Um, then we have best off-court style. So I had to do a little background kind of searching and looking whenever I, I put who I put. I did
1: too, and I want to preface because this will probably cover yours as well. Listen, what we are strictly going off of what you guys have posted on your Instagram because that's it that we have to go off of. Because it's not like we just ever see y'all in street clothes. Like we don't really ever see them in street clothes. So some of y'all might have some fantastic style, but the only pictures you got on your Insta are of you in an SFA uniform. So. Yeah. I don't know, so we're, we're just going off with what what you posted on Instagram.
0: Exactly. I'm glad you meant that you brought that up because that's that's all I had to go off of. So I looked on pretty much everybody's instas and the person who had just fly interesting style for me was Gavin. His style was really interesting, cool um, a lot of different colors. he mixed up a lot of different things. so I, I mean Gavin style off the court tops for me. Good. Loved it.
1: So he was definitely a top contender for me. Um, but I have I have my, my top one that I put, and then I didn't list in the second, but I'll mention, I'll give him a little honorable mention too. But yeah, Gavins was nice. I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it was maybe the most, I don't want to say unexpected, but just different from like, we only see them in uniforms. Um, mm-hmm. and he had some really like dressy looks. Yes. Uh, yeah. But um, I went with the same person I said last year. I just really like his style because I feel like a lot of it's very casual and like easy breezy. And I feel like from what what we see of him on the court, I feel like it's very indicative of his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, like very laid back. Cool is Calvin because um, I think he just makes a lot of uh, fashion choices that are very like, casual, cool, but also maybe, like, a little trendy. Um, and I agree with you on Gavin but one other person I have to kind of give an honorable mention to is Nana, because whenever I looked at his, like, he also had a few pictures. Yes. Very dressy, and listen, I know it cannot be easy for him to find. Oh, I'm sure it's that fit custom. has to be custom. Long limbs. So, big, big, like, honorable mention to him because I know that's not easy and he could literally just live in uh tank tops or t-shirts and basketball clothes yeah that's like, easy to fit in but he mm-hmm. he does have a few picks on his insta that are like I mean suited up and I'm like that wasn't easy to find.
0: No, I, I agree. I actually was going to put an on-offer number two because of the same reason. But, yeah, for Gavin, he just had some really interesting combinations. I think what did it for me was there's one picture. He, we had a fanny pack, and I was like, yeah, this guy. The fanny this, pack sealed
1: it for
0: you. The fanny pack sealed it for me. I was like, this guy knows how to accessorize. Let's fucking go. I was very pleased at that fashion choice because you know how I love a good fanny. Um, pack, that is. Good fanny pack. <laughs> Specific, yeah. Uh, all right, last couple here. So best dunk, best dunk. Uh, I believe I put. Uh, I think we both have the same person, um, but just different dunks. So there was a dunk that Calvin did at the end of the season in the CBI tournament. Um, just an absolute. Gusting like alley oop dunk, pick and roll type dunk. It was just nasty. Plus, it was the one that I remember the most because it, of, of recency bias. Of it, it was the la- latest one, so that's literally why I put that down. There were many others throughout the whole season. A uh, bunch by you know, there was a couple by Derek that were amazing, like fast break dunks. You know, of course, some by Gavin. Maybe maybe one or two by David. There's a bunch of dunks to talk about, but that's just the one that I remember the most because it just happened recently. Um, disgusting dunk. It was nasty.
1: Yeah, and you're right. You know what? I didn't mention him, but definitely on style points, Derek had several that were really good, like nasty dunks. Um, yes,
0: agreed. Robbie, yeah.
1: So for style-wise, I would say he was definitely up at the top. Um, for principle-wise dunk, because this wasn't like a super stylish dunk, but just on principle, Calvin fast-break dunk against Kansas. Because-
0: Ooh,
1: yes. I mean, a fast break, dunk's never like super fancy because you're just, you got the floor wide open, so you don't have to do anything super fancy. But
0: yeah, just, yeah.
1: the fact that you got a fast break dunk on Kansas, just on principle is going to be number one for me. Um, I think he also had like for his style, best best style dunk. I know he had a, a couple of alley dunks. I just can't remember which, which game. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. like you said, Derek had some really stylish dunks on style points.
0: Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and then and then of course, yeah, of course, Gavin did too because it's so easy for him to dunk. I mean, just I mean, I, just throwing it down like it was nothing. Just higher than you could even imagine. Someone to go, kind of dunks. And and so, dunks from Gavin, For yes. sure, for sure. All right, last but not least, best bench celebration. Jacqueline and I, we're thinking of the exact same moment bench celebration wise. It was the ACU game. At home, last game of this, not last game of the season, but one of the last games of the season. I mean, it was this bench celebration honestly made me chuckle, continuously laugh for a while. It was the most ridiculous. I mean, let's just say, first of all, in general, the bench on the far end of the bench in particular with Cody and the other managers and the other grad assistants. Their celebrations are just absolutely wild, especially Cody. Cody, our strength and conditioning guy, is an absolute animal. Let's just say that, first of all. He's the most juiced-up non-player on the court 24-7. Stop. Full stop.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that so many times, and I I think that's such a great note to cover because as the strength and conditioning coach, I just think it is so great that he's that – motivational so. Guys. Um, so that's awesome and a few other things to note just on this game in particular it was our last home game um, it was senior night so it it was a lot of like very impactful reasons uh, for the game and then you know we we won by two on that last minute buzzer almost buzzer shot by day and like, and this was
0: the celebration. Two
1: are about to like rush the court and poor Sabo and Cody and everyone else are like trying to hold them back.
0: Yeah, literally all the players are trying to like bum rush the court. And literally yes, Sabo, like the managers, the grad assistants are equally as excited. And that's what cracked me up the most is because they all had that initial like, ah, gotta run out on the court, but then realize, oh no, there's still time left. So then they try to pull everybody back, including themselves. And then you just see Nigel fly backwards. Literally cause he's on the, uh, he's at the end of the bench for some reason. I think he just came out of the game or something. And you just literally see Nigel just literally flying backwards on his butt and it's just, it was the funniest little split second moment in the video where the celebration was wild and then just funny because of the realization that, oh shit, there's still time left on the clock. We can't rush the court yet. And then having to get back and then all the then you see poor little Reese in the back, like jumping on his chair. And then you also can kind of see me and Jacqueline in the back, like freaking out and jumping up and down. It was just a funny video and a funny celebration. Best celebration of the year. Cracked me up. I had to rewatch it like three or four times. It was just funny. Yeah, it was great. I loved that little clip they posted on. It was Twitter perfect. Twitter. Yeah, it was, it was so good. Just fantastic. Um, so yeah, so that brings us to the end. And if you've been listening up to this point, congrats to you because this is one of our longest ones of this, of the season. Um, but it's just been a wild season capped off with a equally wild trip to Vegas. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know, I wouldn't want to do it with any other person. Me neither. Um, but yeah, so this ends the basketball portion of pardon me, Alex for the season. That does not mean that we won't come back every once in a while between now and the fall beginning of fall season. Um, or at least in the beginning of the fall, whenever we have our preseason episode, we do do some, do do, do do some off season podcasts. Uh, We have maybe a couple in mind that we've already kind of chatted about. I'm sure there may be others that just kind of spontaneously um, present itself to us. Um, I, I know for a fact, I and Jack, I think we would like to possibly do one with Tony. First with soccer, um, for sure. Okay. We want to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. we wanted to talk to him. Now, I Just haven't ever gotten it. Gotten it exactly.
1: Um, cool. We've also talked about trying to do a softball one since since we finally did our baseball one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, would love to get with coach uh, with Coach Dixon for sure. Love to talk to her. Um, so hopefully we can get that done too before their season is over. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll work on that. Um, so yeah, definitely talk to Tony because we've been trying to, and it just hadn't worked out. Um, would love to talk to Colby. Yeah. I, Colby will do it hundred percent. He's ridiculous and we love him so much. So that'll definitely happen. I mean, we got to talk well, there's so much to talk about with Colby. I mean, it's the last battle of the Woods football wise. Um, you know, now we have, we have a quarterback and then we have another quarterback and they're in the middle of like spring ball. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how this quarterback kind of roll rolls out. Who knows who's going to I don't know. I have no idea. Um and then of course, usually in the summer we try to do a couple uh off-season basketball things, uh, you know, state of the union type things or um you know, once we real figure out who's coming back or who's staying, we also try to do a where are they now kind of alumni basketball edition. Uh maybe we'll try to get some of the alum boys on there hey scotty too hot he yeah
1: no i think that would be a super fun one to do because we haven't done a where are they now one in a while i think it's been maybe like two years so i think so. yeah some of the ones that we covered and talked about are going to be different or in different spots mm-hmm. um, plus we have a whole new like two years worth of players who have graduated to update on what they're doing um for
0: sure yeah. So it'd be it'd be nice. Maybe we could, like I said, try and get a couple of our old, you know, our old school, our alumni guys to get on the pod with us. That'd be fun. Um, you know, kind of update us on where they're at, what they're doing, what their life is like. So yeah, yeah so it would be, what we'll be great
1: on. for this one too, to talk about uh like David, Gavin and Diego and like where what are they going to be doing next? Um, you know. Yeah,
0: that would be great. Absolutely. You know, and then maybe get with Dez, you know, because he just had a career change. He just yeah. got hired on uh, in Tulsa with the coach that he was with at La Tech. So maybe hit, get a hold of Dez. Um, you know, of course, I would love to try and get tea time on the fucking podcast. But who knows where the hell he is? Oh, right. And Jesus. In, oh, I think is, he was in Greece, right? Yeah, I think so. Dez is a great yeah. one who we haven't had
1: on yet. And I'm sure he would be happy to happy to jump on for a few minutes. So that would be right.
0: Cool. Also, our
1: boy Kevon. I think we could definitely get Kevon to jump on for a
0: few minutes cuz cuz Key has been doing really well uh playing in the the G League and playing uh doing a lot of uh a lot of a lot of basketball stuff too still. So that that would be nice to get him on too. So well those are things we're going to try and work on for the summer. Uh do what we can and so yeah. Lot, lots still coming up for us. So, but we want to give a big thank you and shout out to all of our, our new followers and fans all throughout the WAC. Um, you know, we appreciate you interacting with us and, and chatting with us on social media and, and and you know, really kind of getting us into the, the WAC basketball scene pretty seamlessly and easily. Um, especially, you know, shout out to Kyle and, and Daryl for really helping us out and, yeah. and being there for us and helping us with stuff. And you know, behind the scenes. So love it. We're excited. First year in the whack. Check. Check down. Wow. It's like I said, been a wild season. Wild. wild year. Ride it's been. It really has. It really has. And again, we're just very thankful that we're continuing to do this and we're, you know, we love doing it. And we hope you guys enjoy our conversations. Really do. We do. We hope that you do. But, you know, if you don't, don't. we're not
1: everyone's cup of tea and it's a podcast and you don't have to listen. So, but hopefully you don't dislike it because
0: we're not, we're not ever, you know, I don't know how many times people have asked us, oh, cool. Like, do you guys, you know, do you have sponsors, Do you get money for this. No, we don't get paid for this. This is this is just out of our spare time and 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 pure love of the game and the and the school. Huh? Yeah, we get any sort of profit off of this? If anything, we're spending a shit ton of money more <laughs> of our own money. So yeah, I mean,
1: it's uh, and hopefully you all see the intention that we have behind doing this, which is just what Alex said. Literally, we put a lot not to not to try to like uh talk about how much time we spend, but we do, you know, we go, we go to, we go to all the home games. We try to make any row game that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did all of that before we did the podcast because that's what we enjoy doing. And we enjoy mm-hmm. sports. Um, mm-hmm. And so now it's even more time into it because we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at least i normally do sometimes Alex does. We'll rewatch the game to make notes either way. We're, we're taking notes, making notes, looking up mm-hmm. the stats, putting together, Mm-hmm. Uh, Hour long episodes that we do. Um, mm-hmm. we do all of that not because we're getting paid, not because we have any kind of position with the school. We literally are doing it because we enjoy supporting the team and trying to get them more attention. And we're simply just sharing our observation and opinions on the game. That's it. That's that it.
0: Watching. So That is not to say that if there are any people out there, that would love to support us and sponsor us. <laughs> Our DMS are open, but only for those specific instances, not for other weird, <laughs> um, <laughs> which brings me to my last thing before we sign off. Do not forget that dang it. When you buy a, my plate, you are helping out SFA athletics so much. When you get a sweet plate to show your SFA pride, the athletics teams get about 50% of that purchase price. Man, we are tired of seeing UT orange, boo, maroon from AM, boo, red from Texas Tech, boo. There should be more purple, beautiful SFA plates on the road. So come on, real fans, have My Plates. When you buy a five year personalized SFA purple plate from MyPlates.com, SFA Athletics takes in almost $250 from that purchase. It's a Stephen F. awesome way to support your teams. Um, when you renew your five year plate, SFA gets nearly 400 doll hairs. That is 400, 400 zero zero doll hairs. So if you don't have a My Plate, first of all, what are you doing? Everybody, every SFA fan should have a My Plate. And if you don't want to pay the 500 or the, uh, basically $500 almost a uh, five year plan. It's okay, you don't have to. There's also one year and three year plans you can do. Um, if you already have a my plate, you can easily update it to an SFA plate if you have a different style. Um, if you have an old SFA plate, you can update that summer Gun to a new purple SFA plate with the new colors on it. Um, Super easy. And then at the end of the day, if it's too still, still too expensive, you can easily do old school layaway easily pay a little bit each month, get your plates. And then obviously during that time, your personalized message gets absolutely set aside so nobody gets to steal it. Easy, easy, easy lemon squeezy. So go to www.myplates.com slash Lumberjacks. You can actually get a $50 rebate from that. Only takes a few minutes to do your personalization or your background only, whichever you prefer, and get your My Plates. Simple as that. Easy, easy, easy process. Jacqueline and I love our plates. Um, people always ask us about our plates and 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 how we got those, and it's as simple as just going to myplates.com. So man oh man easy way to support the teams and we hope that you can get a my plate as well because it's just an easy fun way to support the team teams all of athletics not just basketball all of athletics and not just men's women's too because you know we support them as well so agreed and i love mine uh yeah yours is awesome mine i always get constant confusion because they're like does it say milix? like yes Yes, it says Milix because that has absolutely no context at all in my life. Yeah, that's it. Milix. you got it. It's me, Alex. You dumb dicks.
1: Yeah. It's we
0: easier when we're partnering with kind of each other. It makes more sense. Yeah. I get that. But my name's Alex. Me, Alex. Pardon me, Alex. Get it together. Get it together, people. Oh man. Anyway, so we just wanted to again thank everybody for following us. Still follow us and stay with us during the off season because, like we mentioned, we're going to be doing some off season episodes coming up here. You know, within the next few, hopefully, few weeks before the season is over for softball, um, and then of course throughout the summer as well. So we're excited for the off season. We're excited to see where our team kind of goes and and ends up um, player wise, personnel wise, and so um, it's just it's always an interesting off season because you never know what the hell's going to happen. So we'll um, love you guys. Thank you again for supporting us all season long. And as always, Axe and Jax. With Alex and Jax. Have a good night, people.